Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Really, really excited for this one. Sam Vecini of The Athletic is going to join us. We're going to talk to him about the season that Ochai is having. Sam watches about as much basketball as anybody I've ever talked to. Covers college basketball, NBA, NBA draft. I want to get a sense on what he thinks about this season from Ochai and just how surprised he is the jump that we've seen from one year to the next. Ochai Baji is having one of the most impressive seasons in the past 30 years of Kansas basketball. I don't think anybody's going to be mentioning his name next to Wilt or Clyde or Danny anytime soon, but that's about the end of the list of guys who can exclude themselves from this conversation. The counting stats are great. 21 points per game. It's the highest scoring average for a Kansas player since Danny Manning in 1988. Think about that. He had 37 points versus Texas Tech. That was his 12th 20-point scoring game of this season. That's the same number Devontae had in 2018. It's more than Marcus Morris, Ben McLemore, Thomas Robinson, Andrew Wiggins, or Devon Dotson ever had in a season at Kansas. Since 1993, almost 30 seasons, only Drew Gooden in 2001 averaged more field goal attempts per game in a season than Ochai has this year. Ochai's averaging just a tick under 15 shots per game. In that same time span, only Yudoka Azubuki, who set the all-time NCAA single-season field goal percentage record, and Wayne Simeon have had seasons where they had a higher effective field goal percentage than what Ochai has this year. Think about your favorite Kansas player over the last 30 years. Seriously, sit there and picture somebody. Paul Pierce, Rafe LaFrance, Kirk, Nick, Mario, Frank, Devante, whoever you want. They all shot less. They all missed more. He is quite simply having one of the most efficient seasons in Kansas basketball history. You know the story by now. He wasn't even ranked in the top 130 coming out of high school. Couldn't sniff a major offer. Gets to Kansas. Red shirts. Gets it pulled halfway through his first season. And turns himself into a legit pro prospect over his first three years. 
He goes to the combine after his junior year. Didn't hear what he wanted. You can't dribble. You can't create your own shot. You don't attack. You're not aggressive enough. Those were his perceived weaknesses. Now fast forward nine months. He has no weaknesses. He took every single thing that scouts told him he needed to get better at, and he got better at him. So many times when kids are flirting with the draft, we collectively talk about how, oh, this guy, you know, he could really use another year of college. He could really use some polishing. And usually it's bullshit because the reality is these kids are just as likely to improve at the next level as they are in college. Seldom does a kid come back to school and turn himself into a completely different player. But that's exactly what happened with this kid. You know, he would have been a maybe an early, mid-second-round pick last year. He's going to be a lottery pick in this year's draft. Oh, and in the process, he might wind up being an All-American, a National Player of the Year, and lead this team to a national championship. And then a few years down the line, they'll invite him back to Allen Fieldhouse so they can put his jersey up in the rafters. All right, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but only kind of. Okay, the individual stuff is all possible, if not even expected at this point. As for the championship stuff, we'll see. This Kansas team is working through some stuff right now. They've won their last three games by a combined nine points, and the last one versus Tech took double overtime to get it done. And there are a variety of reasons as to why this team isn't looking as dominant as maybe you thought they would. Part of it is that the Big 12 is going to be an absolute beast all year. The other part of it, though, is that this team can look really average at times. This defense is abysmal right now. The loss of Marcus Garrett is proving to be pretty noticeable, as is their lack of any true rim protector. They don't communicate well. They're not sound. There's always seemingly somebody in the wrong spot, regardless of what the lineup is or who's on the court together. It's a mess. And it's honestly pretty surprising to see that from a Bill Self-coached team. Now, because it is a Bill Self-coached team, I think they'll eventually get the defensive stuff worked out. Now, to what extent, I'm not actually sure. They're never going to be elite, but they can be serviceable and still compete for a title. Reason being is because the potential for this team offensively is through the roof. Unfortunately, though, their offense right now is predicated on Ochai going God mode and bailing them out of every pickle they find themselves in. I mean, think about their last three games. Ochai versus Oklahoma starts 0 for 7, scores 10 points in the final five and a half minutes. They win off a Christian Brown buzzer beater. 29 points and seven rebounds for Ochai against Kansas State. They're down 16 at halftime. What's he do? Takes over, hits the game winner in traffic. Then versus Texas Tech, he was on all night. Scores 37 points, 7 rebounds, hits the game-tying 3 at the end of the first overtime, which, by the way, was not a good look. Like, the off, the play broke down. Dewan Harris sort of just looks for 30, and everybody watching that game, whether you're in Allen Fieldhouse or sitting on your couch, is screaming the same thing. Get it to Ochai. And to Dewan's credit, he found him. Ochai heaved it up, knocked it down. You know how the rest went. It's great having a guy who can do that for you. Because you'd rather have one than not have one. But if you rely upon that as your offensive identity during a six-game tournament in March, and you're going to get burnt once and the season's over. Again, they are working through some stuff. Because this is not how it was supposed to go for Kansas this year. 
It was not supposed to be a, hey, Ochai, why don't you go thermonuclear for 40 minutes, and then after that, go Super Saiyan in crunch time so we can squeak out with a win in double OT. Right? That was not the game plan. It was supposed to be David McCormick playing like he was for the second half of the season last year. It was supposed to be Remy Martin coming in, emerging as a premier shot maker, which this team lacked. And then maybe guys like Ochai and Christian Brown and Dewan Harris take a nice step forward. Those first two parts, though, with Dave and Remy, they aren't happening. Are they going to happen? I'm done holding my breath. I have officially gotten Remy Martin fatigue. Somehow, some way, he continues to be the center of the conversation involving this team, and I'm just not that interested in it anymore. I know I did a whole thing on Remy Martin last week, but I can't just sit here and do it every week, and we shouldn't be doing it collectively as the KU mass either. Every couple of years, there's a guy that finds himself in a situation like Remy is. Perpetually in Bill Self's doghouse, fans start to grow agitated with Self for not letting him just play through the mistakes, and I get it. KU was up by 10, I think, when Remy was pulled on Monday versus Tech. He never saw the court again. I didn't get it at the time either. I still don't really understand why now. Everyone's screaming from their couch, wondering why Bill Self isn't playing this kid. Because for as much as he struggled this year, I thought he looked pretty damn good on Monday. But the longer I cover sports, and I haven't been doing it that long, but the longer I do it, the more I've come to understand this. I have a somewhat stoic approach to evaluating coaching decisions. If there's a coach who you think is generally a great coach and that coach is making a decision that makes no sense to you whatsoever, as if there is no reasonable way to justify what this man is doing, it's probably because there's stuff that we don't know about influencing that decision. I think your natural tendency is to say Bill Self is stubborn. He can't change his ways. Some of that may be true. But it seems a little foolish to not at least acknowledge that there could potentially maybe be something going on behind the scenes that we are not privy to. I said it last week, I'll say it again, I'm not going to change my mind. I still think this team needs Remy Martin to be a key contributor. I think they need Dave to be serviceable defensively while also not being Leroy Jenkins on offense. Now, I don't know if either of those things are going to happen. What I do know is that we're watching something truly spectacular from Ochai That kid is special. This is a once-in-a-decade type season from him. I wasn't being hyperbolic about it when I said earlier. He's going to be an All-American. He's going to end up having his jersey hanging in the Allen Fieldhouse rafters someday next to those all-time greats. But as for the leading Kansas to a championship talk, we'll see. Danny Manning, Christian Leitner... Carmelo Anthony, Kimball Walker. You know, it's really, really hard to win a title in college basketball. Almost everything has to go right for you. And you've got to be really good, and you've got to be really lucky. But every so often, there's a player so damn special that nothing's going to get in his way. Ochai has the makings of being one of those guys. He's got the numbers, and now he's starting to prove that he can be the killer when you need him to. But for Kansas's sake, I hope they don't rely upon that. Because for every Christian Leitner, Carmelo Anthony, and Kimball Walker, there's an Adam Morrison, there's a Buddy Heald, there's a Frank Mason. There's a guy who has those special seasons, but doesn't have the hardware to show for it. And that'd be a shame. Because for Ochai, it feels like it's going to be a special season, but he's going to need some help if he's going to make it a complete one.
Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sam Bassini, college basketball NBA writer for The Athletic, also the host of the Game Theory podcast. Sam, good to talk to you as always. I believe the last time that you and I chatted was when I was still working in Lawrence covering KU full-time, and it was right around when Ochai was testing the draft waters, trying to figure out whether or not yeah. he was going to uh, keep his name in the draft or come back for his senior year. And I asked you at the time what you thought he should do and what you thought kind of would happen in either scenario. What would happen if he were to keep his name in the draft versus coming back for another year? Let me just start with this. When, when you're watching him right now, what stands out to you the most that you didn't see last season or at any point before this year as, in his Kansas career? Yeah, I remember that conversation well. Like, I remember, like, have almost everything I said in that conversation. I talked about Ochai's uh, feel for the game and his comfort level and not being impressed with it and his ball handling ability needing to improve. Uh, I've long thought, I think he got billed last year, you know, potentially from the agency, like trying to do some, you know, shenanigans and stuff as like the draft's best wing defender. And like, he's not that he's a good defender for sure. But like, I thought that like, they were overstating it a little bit. And then on top of it, like it was just doesn't really pass it. Basically just a shooter cutter kind of guy. I, I didn't love it. Like, I'll be honest. I, I did not love the skill set that he brought to the table last year. So when I see him this year and you see, you saw it from the first game, you saw it from champions classic immediately. He's a totally different guy totally different guy on the court this year in terms of comfort level, in terms of feel for the game, in terms of uh, having the ability to put the ball on the deck. Like we're not sitting here talking about a guy that's like going right to left crossover, left to right, you know, step back, push off, then driving off that back foot and getting to the lane. Right. Like we're not talking about complex dribble moves here, but out in the open court, man, like he can put the ball on the deck and he can actually create plays and, like drive transition play, like the difference between him and Christian Brown, both of them score a crazy percentage of their points out in transition. 
this year. But whereas with Brown, I see him more as like an opportunist in transition Mm -hmm. that is there and finishes the play. Ochai is driving transition play, I think, a lot of the time, just with his creativity. Like the play that stands out in my mind, as I'm sure it does for a lot of Kansas fans, is the play at Champions Classic against Michigan State where he catches the ball and before he even lands, puts the ball behind his back and goes left hand, like goes right hand behind his back to his left hand, drives, finishes the basket. Like those skills weren't there last year. Like he is improved so much over the course of summer in terms of comfort level, putting the ball on the ground. And I think it's an immense credit to him. Uh, He deserves so much credit for stepping back, understanding what he needed to do to improve and doing it. Uh, I have, I am an enormous Ochai Agbaji fan right now. I think he's one of the best players in college basketball. And and with the the increased skill set we've seen just naturally has come more confidence, which I think then breeds aggression. Which like it's easy to yep. say for any guy as a junior who who's not doesn't have a complete game or a sophomore, whatever. When they don't have the complete skill set, it's really easy to sit there and be critical of confidence or aggression. But it's because I think in large part they don't know they they know what right. they don't have, right? They're saying, Well, I can't yeah. do these like, things. Yeah, like I'll give you an example. Like people talk about at Auburn, what Jabari Smith, like people want Jabari Smith to take more shots. And I'm just like, you know what? Like when he gets the ball in the half court, I don't think he has that ability yet to like, you know, ball phone booth, right. Or be able to do the certain things he needs to do in order to create open opportunities. He can probably shoot over top of the defense whenever he wants and take a contested shot. And that shot probably has a good chance to go in. But that's not what he's about. He's about finding efficient shots for his teammate, you know, running good offense. So I think that's hundred percent, right. You bring that up in regard to Ochai. Like, I think he just didn't have the skill set to be able to create the shots that he's now creating now. And as he does that, it breeds confidence in a, in a real significant way. Yeah. And there was a question, I think even up until the last, couple of weeks I mean you look at the last two games K-State Texas Tech he's the one making plays down the stretch whether it's driving to the rim in traffic scoring over defenders or against Texas Tech on Monday night broken play seven seconds left on the clock need a bucket and it it wasn't a great look right Dwan Harris just kind of looked at him and said here you go take the shot and he hit it And, and I think up until that point there was still a question of okay He's refined his game. He has added to it. He has become a highly efficient player, despite the fact that his volume is increasing. It's not just that the efficiency stayed the same with the increased volume. It's actually improved, which you just don't see very often. And now, all of a sudden, I feel like he is adding the, oh, I've got the the killer instincts, too. Like, I'll be the leader. Give me the ball. Game on the line. I'll go make a play, which, again, that's not something... I feel like is is learned as much as it is just instinctual. You have it, and for three years at Kansas, I don't think anybody said that. That oh yeah, that guy's got that in his bag, but he's showing it now. Well, I, I think it. I think it's both. Like I think it's something that you need to want. Like you need to want to take that last shot, but it also it's learned. I do think it's learned. Like I think that you're forged in the fire of your experiences in many ways. And Ochai, uh, you know, some guys don't want it. 
but I, I think that it's clear that he's more than willing. He's more than uh, able to take those big shots at the end of games, like he proved last night against Texas Tech. And uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see where it goes for sure. Like I re- I really think that uh, like he, he seems to be getting discounted in the National Player of the Year conversation for some reason, and in mock and drafts. I, yeah, I can't figure that part out of either. Like, I, as someone who does them and talks to NBA teams, I mean, look, like, we'll talk about that. I'm sure you have a question about that. But, like, I can't quite figure out what what's going on there, why he's continually discounted. Yeah, with the National Player of the Year stuff, that part's kind of surprising because Kansas, top five team, he's averaging 22 yeah. a game, shooting 40-plus percent. Like, and, and That's the part that surprises me more, is that, like, this is a kid that plays for Kansas. Kansas is 17 and yeah. two. They're a top five team in the country. He's averaging 22 a night. Like, what are we doing here? And he's had you the know, moments. Like, he's had the big moments like he did against Texas Tech, like he did in the Champions Classic. Right. Like, I, I like it's no debate in my mind that he would be a first team All-American right now. Like, for me. Like, I might vote Johnny Davis for him over uh, Ochai for player of the year right now. I probably would, yeah. if we're being honest. But... You know, we still have a month left to go in the season. We still have in the regular season. Plus, we have all of the time in the Big Twelve tournament, the Big Ten tournament. In Johnny Davis's case, like there's a lot of time for him to catch up. And the gap ain't big. Like it is not a big uh, separation between those two, in my opinion. And once people really start looking into the numbers on it, the numbers favor Ochai. I think that the context of the situation is important. Johnny Davis is. Uh, accounted or accounts for so much of what Wisconsin does. Wisconsin would be an NIT team without Johnny Davis. And here they are sitting here. I think they have like their 15 and four, you know, 15 and three, something like that, whatever their record is. I think Kansas is probably an NCAA tournament team without Ochai. And I think that because of that, some of the uh, defensive pressure isn't, you know, always attached to Ochai. Like you have to worry about where Christian Brown is. And when Remy Martin has a heater going, like you have to account for Remy Martin and, you know, David McCormick for whatever his flaws are probably better than any big man on Wisconsin's team. Right. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think that it's probably a little bit easier for Ochai to get loose, but I mean, it doesn't mean he's not getting loose and playing at an exceptionally high level. How good do you think Kansas would be if Remy were just... Let, let's go back to the conversation we had last summer. And if Remy made marginal improvements... Or not Remy. If, if Ochai made marginal improvements in his game and became yeah. a little bit more efficient, a little bit better handling the ball, uh, maybe you know first-team All-Big 12 type. If he's just that guy instead of being a National Player of the Year candidate, where do you think Kansas is at right now? Are they top-10 team in the country? No. I think they are maybe top 25, something like that. Like if he's, if he's like an all big 12 player and they still have Christian Brown, who's the same guy still have all these other dudes who are the same guys, probably top 25 team. But you know what? You're sitting here. We're we're looking at this, right? Like Kansas defense has not been very good. Uh, I, I, it is a bill self is a magician, like figuring out how to get this defense together with like tape and wire and whatever he's doing right now uh, to make it work. But this Kansas team probably loses to, without Ochai, this is. Like, they definitely lose last night to Texas Tech. I'll be honest, like, 
that Stephen F. Austin game, even like that was not <laughs> that was not a uh, not a walk in the park. No, and Ochai played well in that game. Like if he's just like a normal dude, that could go a different way. They certainly lose the Iowa State game without Ochai, and I know that uh, like he played really really well in that game. He's probably the best player on the court in that game, right? Like uh, you know the Oklahoma game, super tight. I think that he didn't go nuts in that no game, but but he even, that was but he scored he didn't go nuts he started 0 for 7 sam and then he scored 10 points in the final 532 so so you lose that game yeah. as well so you're talking about let's say let's say that adds three losses so kansas is sitting here at 12 or no they're sitting here i'm sorry at like 14 and 5 at the very least yeah uh, you're right could yeah. be worse like could legitimately be worse. Like they, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. They might lose the Michigan State game. I know they won that game by double digits in the preseason, but Ochai went nuts in that game. Like he was incredible. They probably lose that game if he's just an average player who hadn't, you know, improved in the way that he does, and he's averaging 15 points a game or 17 points a game, as opposed to you know 23 points a game and goes nuts for 29 against Michigan State. So. I think you are sitting here talking about a totally different Kansas situation. You're talking about a totally different Kansas team. Cause I, I just don't know who would get the defensive pressure and that would clog things up even further for the rest of their offense. In terms of a guy in like, in like in his situation, we've seen big leaps from, you know, somebody who's maybe a top 30 kid coming out of high school, flirts with the draft, comes back the next year, turns into a lottery pick, right? That's never surprising. Yeah. In terms of a guy in a, in a comparable situation for Ochai where, I mean, it certainly wasn't a blue chip recruit. I think he was like 135th coming out of high school. Um, I think I know where you're going with us. <laughs> yeah. You know, comes comes back for his senior year when you say, okay, like maybe you, you wind up in the first round, like best case scenario, yeah. to all of a sudden now being a legitimate lottery prospect. Do you, do you have any good comps? Do you have anybody that comes to mind of, of, of dudes who have taken similar paths to, to becoming that guy? Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to give me the name. Um, well, I mean, I, I have the, names, not in terms of lottery one picks. Like the, when I just think of like KU guys, uh, Frank yeah, Mason yeah, yeah. is an obvious one. Like nobody saw that senior year coming from him. Unanimous first team All-American national player of the year. But he, yep. he didn't really do much. I mean, he got drafted. He may not, may not got drafted without that, but... Uh, in terms of it's, just, it's not a Kansas player. It's Buddy Heald is the name that it reminds me of most. Guy just outside the top 100 in the recruiting rankings whenever he committed to uh, Oklahoma. Had a great junior year. I think he won the Big 12 Player of the Year junior year. Yeah, he won back decides to back. Decides to come back. Yep, decides to come back and is just absolutely outstanding. The game last night from Ochai was probably the best game at Fog Allen since the Buddy Heald explosion that everyone remembers. What was that, 2015, something like that? Yeah, twenty, yeah, 2016, I think it was. Triple overtime. 2016. Yeah. Yep. Um, like, that. that's the game that I was sitting there watching. Because I, I watched, like, the last 15 minutes of that game. Like, I didn't watch the whole game. Um, that, that's what I was sitting there. I was like, this is this reminds me of that game. This reminds me of that Buddy Heald uh, 46 pointer that was just him going nuts possession after possession. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty reminiscent guy that would have been a late first round pick ends up going number six overall. If I remember correctly in the draft, uh, great shooter, six foot five, same size. Ochai is a little bit better defensively. Um, you know, 
probably still not as creative as Buddy was off the bounce, which kind of says a lot because Buddy's not like incredible off the bounce. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of similarities, I think. A lot of similarities between Ochai and Buddy Heald. Do you think that's a decent pro comp for Ochai? I think they're different. Like, I think Ochai is just a better defender. He'll be more of like a true three and D. The Kings have tried to like rope Buddy Heald into playing a little bit more on ball sometimes because he's not a good enough defender to like really play the three and D role. Uh, I think that Buddy's a much better shooter off of movement. Like you can run him off of a wide set of actions, whereas Ochai is a little bit better, like coming off of a standstill and then back cutting, obviously a much better athlete. Um, I, look, I, I don't know in terms of the comp, it's like a three, three and D archetype though, that I think uh, Ochai has worked his way into being probably an NBA starter at some point. Yeah, so going back to, to what we referenced earlier, um, I don't know where you have him in your latest mock, but I, I look at a lot of mocks and I still see him. I know, I know the one I saw from a couple of weeks ago for you had him, I think, uh, right there as a fringe lottery pick. Um, I still see a lot of a lot of people putting him, you know, uh, late half, uh, you know, 20 to 30, 25 to 30 range in the draft. Why do you think there is that disconnect between um, what you're hearing and where a lot of other people have him? Yeah, so I've got him at 11 right now on my board. Um, that'll be out tomorrow. So just, you know, I'll just note that, go to The Athletic, and you can take a look at it. Um, I think that it what's happening is that it's often first impressions that scouts see from guys, you know, in NBA spacing, you know, in the combine, in the G League Elite camp, et cetera. I think it can be very difficult for scouts to put that out of their mind. First impressions for a lot of scouts, they anchor onto those and they just continue to not adapt to new information at hand with scouts and or with players. In the case of Ochai, it's very clear that he has improved in terms of his handle. He has made substantive, substantial improvements that, will allow him to be more successful on an NBA court. Uh, I I think that that's what's happening. I think that people just have not necessarily caught up enough yet to those improvements and to the way that he makes sense within a role uh, in an NBA scheme. Uh, and I think they will. They'll catch up. And NBA scouts I've talked to uh, between 10 and 18 every time I talk about Ochai with them. So uh, it's, I don't know what the public disconnect is, but it's certainly there. I notice it as well, and uh, I, I can't figure out why. Yeah, because what do you think about his floor? Like, let's say you, you're, you're a team who's Very thinking high. about, yeah, if you're thinking about picking him, you're in that 10 to 12 range, right? 10 to 15 range. What's going to scare you off about him? What's going to be the one thing you're going to question or wonder, like, what if this doesn't happen? There are still some feel questions. Like, he's not a good passer. I don't think he sees the court well in terms of, like, okay, guy coming at him, help defender coming at him. I can hit this little dump off to David McCormick in the dunker spot, or I can hit, like, a cross-wing kick out um, to Christian Brown, who's, like, wide open waiting for three, right? I don't think he sees all of those things yet. That, that could make him go from starting NBA wing to more of, like, a – 18 to 20 minute per game rotational wing that comes in and makes threes and defends. Right. Uh, you know what, if you take that guy at 18, you're still probably good. Like you're yeah. still probably good with it. Cause yeah. you're getting, you're getting it immediately too. 
on the rookie scale deal. Like that's the thing that I think is important here as well. He's going to step into the NBA and be able to play very quickly because he's physically strong. Um, he has all the tools to be able to do that. And he's a polished shooter, which teams are just going to be able to put him in and be like, Hey, space it out, spot up, knock down shots, come in, defend easy role for him. Right. Um, you're going to get four years of that on a rookie scale deal. There's no development necessary. You don't have to worry about someone like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of people who are in his range, like Blake Wesley at Notre Dame. Blake Wesley is going to take some time in the NBA. He needs to learn how to defend. He needs to learn how to make an impact when he's not on the ball, not scoring. Ochai can do that immediately. He's not going to be a star immediately, but he can play and you're going to get four years of value. Blake Wesley, you might get two years of value on the rookie scale deal because it's going to take him a little while to become an effective player. You know, the irony in where Kansas finds themselves at is with you've now played in three or your last four games have come down to the wire three in a row with Oklahoma, um, K-State, and, and Texas Tech. And there have been some late-game heroics. Kansas is you know top five, and the, the, I think they're top five. I don't really know where they're at in the AP poll, but I know that a lot of the advanced metrics, Ken Palm, you know, there has some fringe top ten team, and this is a team that had – national championship aspirations still does, but they were thought of to be one of the prohibitive favorites coming into the season, largely in part because of Remy Martin, right? He was the guy who was supposed to be the missing piece, the guy who was going to be the initiator offensively, go get your own bucket. This offense a year ago was really bad, really forgettable, one of the worst that Bill Selves had at Kansas. Yeah. And yet they've improved offensively, not in the way that anything a lot of people anticipated, and they still sort of find themselves in the mix. I don't know if they're as good as a lot of people projected them to be, but do you still view them as being in that, that, that core group of teams that, that are legit national championship contenders, or do you still have questions about them right now? I think they'd probably be in my second tier, not because of the offense. Again, like yeah. the defense is a mess. <laughs> like we, uh, The fact, again, they have, I don't know, two and a half, three and a half, depending on if KJ Adams is playing like good defenders or like even like reasonable defenders on the team. Like Ochai is a good defender. I think Dewan Harris is a pretty good defender. Um, you know, KJ is a good defender for sure when he plays, but it's hard to get him on the court because of the offense. And then Christian Brown plays hard. Like Christian Brown will be in the right position. He knows where to be. Um, Dave McCormick, you know, he, gets rebounds, I guess, like not necessarily the most fleet of foot guy. I don't think he's an incredible <laughs> rim protector by any stretch. Uh, I don't like Remy Martin on defense. Th- there were years where Remy Martin would get like all defense votes in the Pac-12 and I would pull my hair out. <laughs> like I have no idea what those coaches saw. I think he's a terrible defender. Um, you know, Jalen Coleman lands, you know, yes, foo, those guys like not, not great on defense, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they need to find guys that will come in and defend. Uh, I think that that's the key and they need to get better within scheme defensively as well. Like they need to improve their communication. It seems like they kind of lose guys in ways that Kansas teams typically don't lose guys. Even it's just like, it's, it's unlike a typical bill self defensive team. And I know that like for you know, th- there have been down defensive years. Like the one that obviously I think probably stands out to people is the like Devonte, Svee, you know, LeGerald, Vic. Um, who who else was on that team? Is that was it Malik, Malik Newman, Newman that year? Yeah, yeah. Like that was a really bad defensive team. 
and they had to play small and they had to figure it out. They're kind of sort of playing like similar, similarly small this year. Like Jalen Wilson needs to figure out whatever the hell is going on there. Um, yeah. So, I, I okay. So it, that's know. interesting. You bring up the, the 18 <laughs> comparison because that is one of the worst defensive teams that Bill Self's had. And he is one of the best defensive team uh, coaches in the country. Yeah. But I, I go back to last year, and the reason why I, I, I kind of find myself focusing more on the offense is because last year you had a National Defensive Player of the Year candidate, Marcus Garrett. Like, that guy was, yep. for three consecutive seasons, one of the best defenders in in basketball. But but what that team lacked that this team lacks, the same thing. You don't have any rim protection. And Bill Self has always had a rim protector. And even if he hasn't had the the Joel Embiid, Jeff Withy, Yudoka yep. Azabuki last year types... He has found ways to make guys like Landon Lucas, right? The guys who aren't super athletic or super long or rangy. He has found ways to just make them sort of stalwarts down there, right? Like, just get in the way. Right. Just just cut off the driving lanes. And those teams were sort of forced into playing more team defense. That Last year, they finished 12th, I think, I think they did, in, in adjusted defensive efficiency. So there's part of me... That and I know this isn't great for analysis, but there's part of me that just has blind faith that this coaching staff will find a way to to make marginal improvements throughout the year. To yeah, even if they're not going to be an elite defense, they'll be serviceable enough to where it's not going to be ultimately what costs them. Maybe maybe that's just uh, too much blind faith, but that's just kind of what I've been sort of preconditioned to believe with Kansas at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Losing Marcus Garrett's a very big loss on defense. Like, is it the difference alone between going from like borderline top 10 to borderline top 50 in the country defensively? Honestly, probably not. I think it's pretty hard for any perimeter player as good as Marcus Garrett was to be that valuable defensively. I think there's probably some more inherent like, just structural issues that seem to be going yeah. on defensively. Like they're not as good at the point of attack. Like Dewan Harris fights and battles, but he's just not as good as what Marcus Garrett was. And I think that what you see is kind of a trickle down effect throughout the rest of the defense where, uh, you know, that point of attack pressure isn't quite as good and they get beat a little bit more often. That leads to more rotational scrambling and, then because they don't have that uh, backing of rim protection there that's like always been there for Bill Self, it's a little bit tougher right now, I think. But, you know, th- it's it's hard to say. Like, I'm not at practice. Like, I, I don't know, yeah. you know, what – I don't know exactly what they're trying to do. Like, I know what they're trying to do. It's just like I don't know, like, what what is their exact thing that they're going for defensively? How are they going about making it work? Well, you mentioned Remy Martin, which is, I think, probably a fitting way to end this conversation because right now um, that is probably the, despite the fact that you've got Ochai playing like a, a National Player of the Year candidate, the, the, I think the big conversation amongst KU fans and, and people who want to talk about this team is what's going on with Remy Martin and Bill Self. And I don't know how much you've been paying attention lately to that discourse, but there seems to be uh, something that's not meshing between those two. And even in that game against Texas Tech, when Remy, I thought, played pretty good there for about 20 minutes, and then down the stretch, crunch time, late second half, overtime periods, he didn't see the floor. 
in yeah, like I said, like I, I didn't see the way he started the game. Yeah. I, I turned I tuned in for like the last five minutes in the overtime. Um, so. it, it's it's the type of stuff that if I if I just had you guess what was going on, you probably would have got it. Like just missing sort of defensive assignments, not switching when he's supposed to switch, just just fundamentally unsound defensively. And if you yeah. play for Bill Self, you know that's that's not gonna fly. Are you surprised at all that he's not having the impact that a lot of people thought he would at Kansas? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, like I've never, I've never been a huge fan of Remy's game. Uh, he's certainly a very talented shot maker. And at some point in the NCAA tournament, that dude has a good shot to win Kansas a game because he comes in, gets really hot and makes some pull up threes, right? Like as a real chance of happening, if he takes what Bill Self wants him to do and is willing to like set aside how he thought this season was going to go and makes the best of it. Cause that's what he's got. He's got to make the best of uh, what for him has probably not been an ideal situation so far. Then he will, he has a good shot to win Kansas again in the grand scheme. I am not at all surprised that this is going the way it goes. Remy Martin has, uh, if you watched him at Arizona state, he was the antithesis of everything Bill Self tends to like in guards. Um, just a lot of really, really bad, horrible shot selection. Uh, a lot of defensive play that, like a lot of like fake hustle defensive plays a lot of the time, like would totally lose his guys off the ball, would not even come close to like being in the positions he was supposed to be. Um, but when he was on the ball and like, he knew that like there was a guy there and he had a chance to like get a steal or something like that. Like he'd go like, it was, it's just a lot of that stuff that I, I was surprised that you're Kansas. You can go get any point guard you want. You know what I mean? Like you can go get whoever is available to go and make this roster work. I was surprised they chose. But Randy they really Martin couldn't, man. From a fit perspective. Because they went out, I mean, they went after Severe Wheeler. They went after Ty Ty Washington. They went after, um, what was the Michigan State, uh, Tyson Walker. Like, they yeah. they missed on a lot of guys. Remy was late to the transfer portal. Yep. And to be quite honest with you, from some of the stuff I've heard, Kansas wasn't his first option either. And so, I, it's, it's not as though I think... Bill Self settled for Remy Martin because the second he no, they, hit they the market... they missed on some guys. You're 100% right. But the second he hit the market, he became their number one target. Which, when you again, when you compare what Kansas had offensively last year, I think they viewed him as, oh, we need somebody who can create instant offense. That's what he does. Perfect fit. And it has been anything but that. Yeah. I mean, the the, the guy... The thing that I'm trying to figure out is like, would they have been better? Like Jared West at Louisville has been bad this year. Like he's just not been very good. Like would it have been better for them to chase even someone like that? Like get a guy that you know is going to come in, defend, play hard on that end, or like a chase Jamari Wheeler at from Penn State mm -hmm. who like, you know, is playing at Ohio State right now. Not like the most talented guy in the world, but an all defense guy in the Big Ten coming into the year. Uh, has started all of their games, has made some shots here and there. Like that's, to me, it's more of a fit question than anything else. Like I think that they prioritize the wrong fit as opposed to like, hey, let's try and get involved in like even the mid-level Jamari Wheeler types that 
fit better with what Bill Self is going to want from the point guard position. And he's um, so particular too, whereas I think a, a lot of the, the major programs are going to benefit from the transfer portal. Like we're seeing it. I mean, Kentucky's benefiting from look at what Oscar Sheway's doing, right? But yep. with Bill, he's so specific in some things, especially point guards and big guys. Like he's very specific yep. in skill set and play style and what he wants to see that maybe one of the underestimated aspects of the transfer portal is that there's going to be a lot of swings and misses on guys where it feels like, oh, four years, yep. senior, he's going to get in line because he wants a shot at the NBA or he wants a shot at the title that it's just like you're going to underestimate fit and, and a lot of times you're going to get these guys that do not mesh with the coach. No, I think that's 100% right. Couldn't be more correct in terms of the way that uh, the transfer portal is going to go. It's going to be a lot more... A lot more of like trial and error with guys than what people think because a lot of these, you know, lower level point guards, there's a real adjustment to coming up and playing in the Big 12 every night, Big 10 every night, ACC every night, right? Uh, not everyone's going to be Carleek Jones who can just come in and immediately be a star player for a place like Louisville, right? Um, you know, it's going to be a lot more Tyson Walkers, who's been good at Michigan State. Like, his, his gotten like his feet under him, maybe is the way to put it, after, like, kind of a tough start. has started to make some threes occasionally and uh, has really settled in as a distributor and, like, a defender for them as opposed to, like, the offensive playmaker he was at Northeastern. But um, it's going to be a lot more trial and error than what I think people know. The Remy Martin choice was uh, curious. <laughs> well, and, that, of that, and that's and that's where I'm kind of at is is as much going back to the offense thing versus the defense and like again if I have the blind faith that the defense will will get marginally better or at least good enough to compete I think the flip side is with the way with the deficiencies personnel wise that KU has like Bill Self will scheme it up and get them to as good as they can possibly be they're never going to be an elite defense which means if they are going to become a, a title contender that offense which I personally think ceiling-wise has a chance to be as good as, as some of the best Kansas offenses that we've seen, but they have to become something other than just reliant on Ochai going nuclear and being the hero at end of games. And there's part of me that thinks that Remy Martin is very heavily baked into that. And maybe that's wishful thinking, but I don't know how else they get there. You know, I think that they can get better on defense like it would involve David McCormick like I don't know how deep I want to get into that but like maybe, <laughs> maybe even just like it, it seems like on it just seems like David McCormick doesn't quite have the confidence that he did uh you know late in his you know mid midway midway point last year right when he was playing really really well it doesn't seem like he has like the confidence night in night out that he had at that point. Right. Like maybe if he gets a little bit more confidence, he's feeling his himself at a higher level. He starts making like always on time rotations. He's active and like, he's there. Right. Because even though David McCormick always plays hard, you don't have to worry about his like effort level necessarily. I think there's like a difference between like a confident effort player and one who is just trying to make it happen with effort, right? Like pressing so hard. Yes. 
Yeah. Just like pressing so hard and hoping that it happens. Um, Cause like, I really respect the hell out of the way David McCormick plays just in terms of effort. Like uh, he plays his ass off on the offensive glass and just does so many things that you really like. And I just think that he can bring a little bit more. I wonder if he can bring just like a little bit more. And if he does that, he's, you know, making confident effort plays. And then, you know, Christian Brown keeps improving a little bit defensively and another guy, Jalen Wilson, like we maybe Jalen Wilson figures out what self wants more regularly. I mean, it was funny. I was in a group text last night with someone who's not a Kansas fan, but watches a lot of college basketball. And they were like, I don't think I've ever seen Jalen Wilson make a shot. Like it's just (laughs) one of those things. He's like, I I don't know that maybe it's just me. Maybe I watch Kansas the wrong times, but I don't think I've ever seen that guy make a shot. And I was like, he makes them, but it hasn't gone down this year. And he looks pretty like not confident right now. So what's weird is he is, yeah, he's turned into one of the best rebounders in the country. Oddly enough, like I I think he he was so cold to start the season and Bill Self, I think just told him, just go and get every rebound you possibly can. And yep. Worked somewhat. He's carving out a role. Yeah. Totally. And maybe that'll start to translate on defense too at a higher level, right? Like the ceiling for this team, I think is much higher than like number 50, which is what they are according to Ken Palm right now, defensively. It could work. They have length, they have size, like they're running six, five with a ton of length in Ochai, six, six in Christian Brown, six, eight in Jalen Wilson. 6'10 with strength and rebounding ability with David McCormick. You can throw Mitch Lightfoot out there who at least knows the scheme. KJ Adams flies around. Like that kid just flies and moves. Like they have real upside defensively. Dewan Harris is a good on-ball defender. They just don't have that like connectivity right now for whatever reason. And I think that's what frustrates Bill more than anything. Christian Brown as a pro prospect. Where do you see him at? Yeah, I know a lot of people are really in on that. Um, Just kind of looking through the internet, looking through other draft boards. I'm not quite as high. Um, I've got him like in the 40 to 45 range at the moment. He's fine. Uh, The thing for me is I worry about how the jumper translates to the next level. Not to say he's a bad shooter. I know he's shooting, you know, 32 34. What's he at? Like he keeps fluctuating like above and below 35. 32. Which is surprising yeah. because after his freshman year, it was lower volume, but he shot you know, 45%. It was, I don't think he only took like 73s that year, but he, he, he yeah. just, when you look, when you watch him shoot, it feels like he should be a mid to high 30s shooter, which he just hasn't been for two years. Yeah. And look, I think he probably is like when his feet are set and he's not rushed and everything like that, but the mechanics are a little bit funky insofar as like it's a low release point that probably doesn't translate to shooting off of movement at a super high level at the NBA level. And he has that, like, when he loads into the shot, and this is getting, like, super technical, right? But, like, with these guys that aren't the best athletes and um, are going to play roles as, like, floor spacers at the next level, the technical stuff really matters. Like, Duncan Robinson shooting with as high of a release point as he does off balance and everything like that, like, that's what makes him Duncan Robinson. Mm -hmm. Um in the case of Christian, like he has that little like mini hitchy thing at the start when he loads his shot that worries me a little bit. Like it's almost like he needs that extra split second to get into rhythm. And 
it's hard to live that way in the NBA. The windows close real quick because of how athletic defenders are closing out on you. So I think he has real touch. Like, I think that there is a world where he can be a good floor spacer in the NBA. And I respect the hell that he plays, respect the hell out of the fact that he plays hard. Like he does give effort on defense. He's gotten a lot stronger. It's clear that like he cares about basketball in a real way. Um, I just worry that he's not a good enough shooter for what the role is and to make him a good enough shooter. You'd have to really kind of change the shot in a way that concerns me. Sam, this was, uh, this was very fun. I always enjoy check, uh, catching up with you, man. But uh, to do it in a little uh, extended format here well, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate you coming on with me. No, it was great, Nick. I'm super glad. We had a bit of a headphone malfunction that uh, I don't think your listeners will hear. Yeah, that won't make the final I appreciate, cut. <laughs> I appreciate you bearing with, uh, bearing with my technology issues over here. Hey, thank you, man. Yeah, of course. All right, great stuff there from Sam Vecini. Again, you can check out his work in The Athletic at theathletic.com and check out the Game Theory podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Speaking of which, you know the drill. Wherever you're listening to this, smash every button available. I don't want you to just hit it. I want you to just, I don't, just want you to absolutely pulverize that subscribe button, the like button. Leave me a review, a five-star one, preferably. I'll settle for four, but again, we're going for fives, all right? This is a five-star product, and you know it. Thanks for listening. Waving the Week Podcast. We'll see you next week. such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 